0: Sports staff of the Holland Sentinel, this is From the Press Box with your hosts, Brian Vernelis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zadarazny.
1: Hello and welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast, talking anything and everything sports, Postseason edition.
0: A lot of playoffs right now.
1: Lots of playoffs, all kinds of things. Um, we've got all kinds of things to talk about. We've got... Um, college football we've got the Lions we've got Hope Calvin Volleyball we've got playoffs in all kinds of sports cross country state preview and of course our predictions for the high school football playoffs this week including the Bird Bowl
0: rematch part dude <laughs> 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 gotta go a little bit uh, fancy there
1: yeah got uh, we gotta come up with some sort of nickname when it has a rematch this will be the fourth time so uh, we will get to that um in a little bit, uh, we usually close with those predictions. So, yes, we are going to make you sit through the rest of our thoughts on other things first. Um, we're going to start with uh, Hope Football. They beat uh, Alma on the road this week, and they have Senior Day coming up. Um, yeah, Chris, I mean, it just seems like Hope Football has kind of flown a little bit under the radar after those back to back Trine Albion weeks
0: yeah they kind of have they they've been good um but yeah it's just the the competition in the MIAA isn't as good as as, as the couple of top teams with Kalamazoo trying and, and hope up there all of that's up there as well but yeah it's it's a little bit different they went into Alma and they kind of won in in decent fashion they won pretty handily um I'd say um 52-23 was the final score, so right. when you're making a road trip like that and you win big, it's you know, almost 1-7 now overall, so they're not one of the best teams in the Right, But
1: Kalamazoo is, and they're playing Kalamazoo this is, uh, in the senior day. Home it's a big match for
0: them. Mason Apple had a fantastic game. Once again, no surprise, he's been their star the entire season as a quarterback and running and throwing. Um, he's going to have to be really big uh, for them on, on Saturday against Kalamazoo. Uh, I believe Kalamazoo undefeated in the league right now. Um, they're up right up there with Trine. I, I believe that game, Kalamazoo and Trine, is the last I think uh, game is, of the, yeah. last week of the season. So that'll be really interesting to see what happens between those two teams. Um, but if Hope can beat Kalamazoo, there there could be an outside shot at a playoff spot. I, th- I think, uh, in the Division Three playoffs. But they really need to beat Kalamazoo handily. Um, and hope that Kalamazoo beats Trine. I think uh, that would help them. Um, but defensively, Hope is has played very well. They played very well last week. Um, they only allowed. <laughs> Um uh 271 yards of offense compared to 529. That's incredible. I mean, nearly 300 yards of, of offense for one team is it's a good game. But when your offense is putting up almost 550 yards, you know, that's you're probably winning that game for sure. Um So yeah, it's it's a good a good win for for Hope, but this is the bigger test. This is one of the bigger tests of the season. Um they didn't uh they couldn't pull out a win against trying. They were close and then um Olivet, they they uh squeaked out a win. Uh, and a fun game there and then this is going to be their third biggest game of the season I think and um, we'll see how they do but Mace um, Knoppel on defense will have to come up big uh, for, for Hope to have a shot at a playoff spot yeah it's uh,
1: usually one of the not so fun matchups of the right. MIAA and this year it really is and that's really good for the league as a whole
0: absolutely Kalamazoo's been kind of down for a while uh, but for some reason this year they're all of a sudden it, like they turned a they turn a corner and then another corner to be uh, this undefeated team. So this is, uh, yeah, this is a bigger game than normal because they do play for. Uh, this is the shoes. This is for the shoes uh, game. So this is going to be a pretty big one for everybody. Yeah, definitely.
1: All right. And Grand Valley is coming off another victory over Saginaw Valley State. Um, they just they've been able to bounce back from that Ferris game and uh, they look good and they looked good even without uh Bart Williams, who's at the top of most of their records now for quarterback uh scoring, passing yards, everything else. Uh, he was uh he was out uh with an injury this week and Cole Katopka. I don't know how you say that <laughs> what a name Katopka <laughs> Katopka um I just read it. I don't really hear it so <laughs> Uh, but he made his first career start um, at quarterback and they uh, they were able to uh, they were able to win 3128 a very close one but uh, a big one to win that close against the rivalry uh, without your quarterback is
0: pretty pretty good it shows um, the depth they have at quarterback as well if you got a guy like that behind uh, Bart Williams that's playing so well it means he's learning from a, a pretty good player um, right. and he's learning how to play well for sure
1: they had uh, two almost 200 yards rushing as a team which helped ease the pressure on him and uh, you know Jack Proventure was a redshirt freshman who rushed for over 100 yards so that's good for them too because they've had you know a good mix of people in the backfield as has hope uh, this year and it's another weapon that can hopefully be utilized down the road here all right and uh, Chris we got Michigan State against Purdue Purdue coming off the huge win over Ohio State they go into Michigan State and they kind of don't flopped. play so well and uh you were in the stands
0: for this one i was uh, yes. a couple beers down but what did you see well i was i was surprised in all facets of the game i really thought purdue would come out like they did against ohio state um and, and kind of just take control considering that michigan state was without their starting quarterback and brian lewerke they were without their punter they ha- they were having some troubles i mean this is to be honest they were having a problem and they were running into, into a tough team and I'll tell you their quarterback uh, that came in. I couldn't tell you his name because it's really complicated. Um, the one with all the letters. Yes. Um, I forget. It's it's such a fun name to say though. Um, if you can give me a second, I can probably find it. Uh, but he played really well. He looked like he he looked very comfortable in the pocket. He looked like he could make those throws. He made some solid runs on third down, and Purdue couldn't couldn't really stop him. And it, it, that was.
1: You're talking about Rocky Lombardi? Rocky,
0: yes. Rocky Lombardi. That's not that hard to say. Um, I, I keep forgetting it because his first name is Rocky. And I don't yeah. know anyone else named Rocky in my life.
1: Right. That's crazy. Rocky <laughs> Lombardi.
0: He played He played really well, better than I thought he was going to play. But uh, it didn't. It took a little bit for Michigan State's offense to get going in that game. It was like a 6-3 or a 12-6 game at halftime, something like that. Um, it was not very offensive the entire game. It was, it was a good defensive battle. Um, but Lombardi looked good, and I think he's i think he's the guy to lead Michigan State the rest of the way. Rocky, with, with Lewerke Rocky, out. <laughs> Speaking of Rocky, I mean, Golden right. Tate, we'll get to that in a second, but yeah. um, I think he's the guy. Lewerke didn't have it uh, against Michigan. He was injured, obviously, but Lombardi just looked comfortable for them, and I think he's the guy moving forward, um, at least in the near future here. Um, he's got to be the guy. He looked good, uh, and Purdue couldn't really do much to stop him and that offense, so um, kudos to, to the Spartans for kind of Jumping on that train where you have a brand-new quarterback in and, and you gave him your confidence, and they, they showed that quite well. Um, Purdue, meanwhile, they just kind of looked flat, and that was disappointing considering how badly they beat Ohio State. Um, I thought we were in for a good a good offensive matchup, um, but it was the complete opposite. Crazy.
1: What a big win for Michigan State. It was. It was a really was. big win. They needed that badly. Um, and it just is a weird win for now, Purdue and everything else. I mean, with Purdue, they were like, okay, we'll beat Ohio State, and then maybe we'll be in the hunt for this Big Ten title, the right. divisional thing, whatever like that. And meanwhile, Northwestern's just like, nah, we
0: got it. Yeah, it's completely it's gone now. So. Beat, they beat Wisconsin. Yeah, It's yeah. unbelievable. It's a weird Big Ten schedule. I mean, the, the Big Ten is a little bit weird right now. <laughs> I, I,
1: I seriously don't like the way it's set up. I know you want to have your rivals playing each other, so you have Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State on the same side, but it it's really been, all right, who's going to play Wisconsin right. in the final, in the Big Ten championship game? And it doesn't always happen that way, but that's just the vibe it gets. Um, yeah. And it just it seems very lopsided still. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just put any one of those four, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, or Penn State, on the other side, they're in the Big Ten championship game, Whoever, if it was just one of those moved they're in the big 10 championship game every year yep for the last four or five years something like that except that one year i was really good you know but like well, yeah that's, that's true that's crazy though i mean like it's it's i don't know but that's the way they wanted to do it i yeah. suppose um so moving on to pro football um we got the lions um looking not great against the seahawks and they responded by trading golden tate to the eagles for a third round pick yeah the way golden tate's been playing to me that seems like a steal for the eagles oh absolutely
0: yeah and
1: it just a kind of a punt trade for the lions which i didn't really get because they just got snacks and uh they they seem like they were trying to get things in order they were playing well everything seemed to be coming together yep and now they just kind of disrupted everything, I feel like. Um, I don't want to say it's giving up, but it's a step below
0: giving up. It just seemed weird, weird yeah. timing. Yeah, I thought it was odd. I, I've actually – I I posted this on my personal Facebook page, and I've had some friends comment about it and how it's a great trade, and, and it's good for the future and stuff, and how Golden Tate was going to be a, a, a free agent in the offseason, and they weren't going to be able to resign him because of the money he wanted. I totally understand that logic where – you trade you're one back, you're one game back of the lead in the NFC North, which isn't really that much in the NFC North. I mean, no anyone's anyone's game right now. Everybody but at beats the same time, at the same time, if you're looking at the rest of the NFL, you know you're not; you're probably not going this year. The Lions are three and four; they played up and down all season like the Lions usually do. And you got a guy who's going to be gone probably in the off season, And if you trade or not, he at least gets on the forum. I get that logic. What I don't understand is going out and trading for Snacks Harrison last week, while for the future, because he's under contract. The way it was in less than a week, where they traded for a guy, it looks like they're kind of gonna compete, and now they're gonna trade their top receiver, and they're giving up for the future. It really,
1: just it's a mixed message. Can,
0: yeah, it, it, exactly. I have no idea exactly. what it means
1: because the fans are like, "Yay, we're we're going for it!" And now they're like, "Wait, we're not going yeah. for it. We're not giving up and rebuilding, but we're not going." I don't really know what's yes, going on. That's like, that's and, what confuses me. I mean, we're already confused enough as Lions fans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like this, it, it just true. to me, it just seemed weird timing and weird. Yeah, if you're gonna get not gonna get anything for him, you should get something for him. But man, it just seems like oh, well, we're planning for the future. Doesn't it seem like the Lions have been planning for the future for like forty years? Oh yeah, Every and it year just is like that. N- barely come. And they had that yeah. one year it came together with Calvin Johnson and Stafford and yep. whatever else. But that's a lot of waiting for the future for that. Yeah, now, for no playoff wins. Yeah, I and mean, so.
0: I get I get the future part because it's gonna not gonna be this year. It's gonna be a couple of years out. But the, at the same time, when they traded for snacks, they they didn't release any statement saying, "Hey, this guy's for the future." It was it was like a move that was assumed to have for now, right? And the the Golden Tate rumors didn't start until the day after they lost to the Seahawks, right. So they must have made a switch somewhere in there at some point, at least in my mind. That's what it seems like, which is why it's so confusing to me and, right. and makes no sense and kind of is a, in a way, a slap to the face of the fan base. Right. Um, well, just, I think Just confusing them. I
1: think when you're playing, I think in the NFL it's different than other sports also when you talk about playing for the future. And this is why it's, the NFL is hard for me to get on board with a you're, year. You're, you're a sport with 16 games in a violent sport where you're all beating the heck out of each other. And that you're planning for the future, you could have all these prospects come of age and have this great year and then have Stafford blow his knee out. Yeah. And then so the year you have it all planned for gets pulled out from underneath you. Yep. And that that happens all the time in the NFL. So I feel like yeah, they're planning for the future, but is that just kind of like a cop out thing to say? I'm not really sure. Yeah. I, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I mean, you. they might have a they might have a better plan. I'm not
0: sure. Um but it just seems weird yep and now they've got a tough task facing kirk cousins and the vikings on sunday i'm on really looking forward to this
1: i'm really looking forward to this <laughs> i mean i'm i'm gonna be headed to the one when they play here um when the vikings come here to detroit in december but i'm really looking forward to seeing how this happens um and how he how cousins plays against them and how their defense responds to what they're doing and the vikings are coming off a disappointing they are yeah. lost too so it's kind of going to be a A key game too in the in the division race to see who who puts it back together. I'm guessing it will be the Vikings that put it back together too. Yeah, but it's still going to be very cool. And just I mean, Cousins has really only played the Lions once or twice. Yeah, I mean, I was at the one where a couple years ago. Yeah, he ran in, scored in the last minute, only to have Stafford do a pull a two minute drill and win. Yeah, uh, taking the you know the dream of winning in your home state away from him, um, and it was like in a year where the Lions were not great, so it was like one of those things that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, we'll <laughs> have
0: a chance at Christmas time to do that. I, so, I never, yeah. I
1: never, I never thought I'd be so upset with Stafford leading a team to victory, <laughs> really. But it was kind of a bummer. But um, it'll be interesting to see how this is now. This will be in Minnesota, so it'll be a little bit different. But it's gonna be a tough game for the uh, Lions. Kind of cool that Cousins is in the division now where he's got to play
0: everybody twice, home and home.
1: So, oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm
0: looking forward to that one for sure. It should be a good quarterback shootout. I mean, both Stafford and Cousins are probably one of the uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, top 10, I would say. Uh, so it's really going to come down to the offense, I think, and, and who's going to make those catches without Golden Tate. The Lions really are going to be hurting. Uh, right, whose run game will support. And, yeah, and on Johnson, is he going to get – Explode again? Is their run game going to work? Is is uh, Jim Bob Cooter going to call those kind of runs, or is he going to go back to a conservative method and and throw the ball? So it's really interesting to see what. Isn't it oh, funny that conservatives throw the ball for the Lions? Yeah, that's pretty. it's And pretty for sad. the NFL
1: in general. Now it's interesting, Con-
0: considering how good Carrion Johnson has been a couple for a couple of games where they've used him a lot. I mean, you might want to use him a little more with how Golden Tate at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's it's, it should be fun, and, and interesting. The, obviously the Vikings are favored. They're favored by a lot. Mm-hmm. So the Lions are the underdog. We'll see what happens. At One o'clock on Sunday. It's interesting. Yeah, when
1: I was uh, back when I was a kid, <laughs> conservative was two tight end run off tackle. <laughs> that's changed a little bit. So. Um. Yeah, we got a few other local things to talk about, but before we get to that, um, we got to talk a little bit about the World Series. Oh yeah, uh, it was a crazy World Series for a five-game series. Of Red Sox winning in five. Uh, there were so many different things that were interesting. Uh, first of all, we obviously had the 18-inning game, in game three. That was incredible. Um. And yes, I stayed up till 3:30 in the morning. watching. As did it. I. Uh, it was awesome um when history there. history it made is the longest game by four innings of any world series game passing remember we talked last week about we did, we did. babe ruth and his 14 ruth inning complete game victory the same two teams in 1916 kind of cool that it's the same two teams again uh that set that mark um it's a great season by both teams it was interesting I really thought the Dodgers were going to win going into the series. I really did, um, but the Red Sox obviously outplayed them. Um, it was good to see all those old Tigers
0: <laughs> get finally rings.
1: win four of them: Kinsler, Porcello, Price, and uh, JD. And uh, it was great to see Price win both his World Series starts after yep. starting his postseason career zero and nine. Everybody thinking he doesn't, he can't do it, you know, and everything else. And here he is. Winning both teams, I think he should have been the World Series MVP. To be honest with you, I thought he could have. Um, at least shared it with Pierce. Yeah, I at mean, least. I know, I know, Pierce was great, but I feel one of those and, games, if Price is not his game. Exactly, exactly, and uh, and then to have Price start the last game and Sale finish it—that was kind of weird, uh, but kind of cool. And sale. Yeah, um, their sale price was right. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, but also lost in this with so many different things, you had. Price, who was struggling, and was he going to start? You had that storyline, and he did great. And then you had Kershaw on the other side, who also had struggles, has struggled at times in the postseason. And now he's lost four elimination games. No one's ever lost four elimination games. He's becoming the Dusty Baker of starting pitchers, where Dusty Baker keeps has lost what like seven elimination games as a manager in a row. Now you can only lose seven in elimination games if you get there. Yep. Um, but it's just it's just interesting. I mean, and then both teams were great, you know, all year. They were great in the postseason. They came up big. You had role players playing playing well. You had your big your big guns playing well. It just you know they all clicked for them. You had a lot of things. It, it was a very entertaining series for being just five yeah. games. Yep. Um, but lost in that fact, and something that I think needs to definitely be addressed is the managing. Um, I feel like Dave Roberts didn't make the best couple moves, um, especially. The last couple games. And it cost him. But I don't think he cost him the series. Um, But Alex Cora, first-year manager, uh, getting it done. He won the World Series as a bench coach for the Astros last year. Yeah. Um, So he's making a habit of this. But I want everybody to take a second and really let this sink in. Black manager versus Latino manager. Arguably the two best managers in the game. And the two are they the two only managers of color right now? Might be. I mean, this is two be. of three, this is two of three or four. Um, with all the Latinos in baseball, it's astonishing to me that Sandy Alomar Jr. is not a manager. Um, you know, Omar Vizquel could be a manager. There's a lot of things, yeah. going yeah. on. But here you are with these two guys that are have been great, great. They were great players. Uh, role players, but great players, and had their moments. And uh, I think it was really cool to see to see that, and for the country and the world to see. Hey, oh, yeah. these are the Absolutely. guys. We don't, you know. There's stories every year talking about how there's such a shortage and such a, you know, wh- where are the, where why are all the managers, you know, white white catchers with no manager experience, you know, and things like that. Right. And Austin's got another managing job, by the way. Dusty Baker still can't get a job taking the. Uh, winning a couple of pennants and taking four different teams to the playoffs and playoff elimination games, and he's out of work. Osmus yep. that couldn't was a catcher that couldn't manage the bullpen in the Tigers' playoff series Hess has another job. Doesn't make any sense to me. Agreed. I'm not saying that's racist because there's a lot of people sour on Baker for losing the big games, but he right. gets to all the big games. Yep. I just don't think I don't think Osmus is that great of a manager. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So it's just interesting, but the World Series is great uh the, the saddest day for me is always the clinching game of the world series it's like yay and Off dang baseball's series. over this stinks uh the same thing happens at the men's final of the u.s open that is another one that kind of just lasts for me a little bit longer it's a bummer it's bittersweet uh, but it was a great season um very very entertaining yeah. it was uh, fun to watch i i really enjoyed Would have been it. a little more fun if it was you know a few more games cups Certainly. astros in the world series or something like that yeah but It was still real good.
0: Boston was the best team though in the entire league, and they won 119 games. That's combined. That's 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 impressive. It's impressive. So they deserve to win that that World Series. Yeah, it's it's amazing to see
1: that the two that's the best Boston team they've ever had 108 wins. They're all young. I mean, except Sale and Price. You know what I mean? Like their whole lineup is young, um, for the most part we have been contending for
0: a while. Unless Dabrowski dismantles that team. I mean, they're
1: outfield. Can you get a better young outfielder than Ben Attendee, Bradley, and the, who's soon to be MVP, Mookie Betts? You yeah, can't. It's, it's unbelievable.
0: That's that's incredible. It's unbelievable.
1: All right. So getting back to the local stuff, we had some Hope Calvin volleyball last week. Um, this time, number one Calvin swept number 15, Hope, at Hope. Um, it was the non-conference game of the thing. They're going to probably play again on Saturday, assuming both teams win on Friday. Um Set the mark for biggest attendance in Division Three, NCAA that? Division Three, for the year of twenty two hundred. It was more than most, if not all, of our high school playoff games, uh, as far as attendance, which is amazing. Yep. Um, might not be more than the Bird Bowl this week, but uh, but it still might. Uh, of course, weather well, a little could bit play, could yeah. play into factor, but. Um, it wasn't a great wasn't a great matchup. I mean it wasn't a great match for Hope. Uh they they just looked a little out of sorts and uh, they had their one chance with a late run in the second set to get into it and then it came up two points short and then you know that that was kinda it, which was a bummer. But Yeah. To me that means that the, the MIWA final could be epic because the first one was great, this one was kinda eh. There, there's going to be it's going to be at least a good match. There's, it always seems to be a, a good, a great, and an eh match yeah. when the th- every year because they play each other in the final every year. So it's a third, just about every year. It's a third. Uh, they get a third matchup, but so so hopefully, hopefully that you know, comes. If the fifth setter in, at the beginning was the good one, then this will be a great one. Yeah, um, so, which will be great. Uh, but it's exciting. It's exciting volleyball. If you guys have never seen, a hope Calvin volleyball awesome. match. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that you don't go to your school's play- football playoff game when they play on Fridays like that, but go, go see a hope uh, hope Calvin match. Yes. It's unbelievable. It's one of the best I've it's ever seen. It's um, unbelievable. All right, so now we got district volleyball going on this week. Yes, we do. Um, you know, by the time this podcast airs, we'll probably have some teams knocked out, but we've got some really great teams. West Ottawa is a great team. They finished sec- tie- uh, second in the third, I guess. The Hudsonville and yeah, Rockford tied for first, so third, they're yeah. third. Uh, they had a, a great year considering they're playing against ranked top ten teams all the time. Um are you know, they're playing this week. You've got um Hamilton that won the OK Green. They're ranked 7th um, they're the ranked number seven. B. And they're they're playing real well. Um they don't really have a weakness, and that's dangerous when it comes to the postseason. Oh, yeah. Holland Christian's onto the radar. They lost both times to Hamilton, but beat all the other local teams a lot of times in epic four- and five-set fashion. They're in action this week. Um, and you've got Zealand East and West. I mean, they didn't finish as well team-wise, but they have some dynamic players that can take over matches, especially in the postseason, that could be dangerous for teams.
0: Just a matter of when. Exactly. Really at this point.
1: Yep. And then Saugatuck, they won their, league, their sack division, and uh, they're hosting their district. They're looking for their first district title in at least a decade. Um. So lots of lots of teams, lots of teams in action with with chances to move on. It'll be interesting to see how that happens. Um, Fenville I think
0: we'll, was the only team that lost. They lost last night in three sets. So. Fenville did. So Fendville the only out. team out right now at this point.
1: Yeah, we'll have some other teams out by the time this airs because Certainly. at 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 the time of this recording, Zealand East and Holland were going to play each other, which means one of them will be out. Um, it's likely that that's Holland, yes. but. You never, never know. Yeah.
0: Um, West Australia plays Jenison, uh, right? Evening. And
1: Zealand West is playing tonight, and yeah, and then tomorrow we got Holland Christian and Hamilton playing in separate semifinals. Hopefully, they can set up a showdown for the final. That'd be great. Um, so yeah, volleyball—it's a thing, man. It's happening. We could have uh, we could have one team win a district, or we could have three teams win a district. It would be crazy. The only yep. reason that we couldn't have more is because they're all in the same district. Yep, yep, pretty much. So there's only three districts that we have local teams in, really. So, like, yeah, the only three champions could be had, but it could be our teams. So, yeah. very exciting. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for more details on that. Especially if we get some district champions, we'll be talking about regionals next week. Um, Chris, you want to talk about st- a state cross country preview? That is Saturday. Holy cow! Um, by yeah. the way, f- for all of you people that think that uh, this is getting a crazy as a crazy time for us, you're right. Um, Saturday we've got the NIAA finals in men's and women's soccer and volleyball, both conference swim meets, um, which is basically like a regional kind of a thing for swimming because they just go right to the state meet with qualifications. We've got a uh, possible district final in volleyball. Hope football senior day. Grand Valley football. Um, Michigan, Michigan State play not each other. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, it's and then we got the cross country state meet, and we have nine teams. We have. We have 18 teams when you take in the the high schools into consideration and boys and girls. We have 18 teams, really 16 that have enough that could make it as a team, have enough numbers to make it as a team. Nine of those 16 teams advanced to the state finals, which is incredible. We had four teams win, and we had four individuals win regional titles. Um, Chris, what in the world happened and what's going to happen this week?
0: I tell you, a couple years ago when I was, uh, my first year here, when we did cross-country coverage and I went to the state finals, uh, I thought that was the best year. I'm pretty sure seven teams made it that year. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. Seven of 16, that's, that's, that's amazing. We have nine. And then we have another six, five individuals going. That's insane to me as a former cross-country runner. That's absolutely insane. The amount of talent we have here in the Holland area in cross-country is off the charts good. And I was at two uh, practices today uh, Talking with Sagatuk boys and girls And also West Ottawa girls um, We'll start off with Sagatuk Since they're on the top of my list Both boys and girls are pretty much ranked first or second um, In their division four I believe it is is. Mm-hmm. First, uh, Both of them are first um, I saw one ranking had Sagatuck girls second um, So that, that can change It's pretty sure. close um, The boys have won before they, they have a really good shot at winning once again this year Going four or um, five, right? Uh, at least four. Yeah. Four um, and a five year run, I think it was a couple of yes. years ago. Uh, they've got a shot at uh, their first individual title in cross country, which has never happened. No individual has won. They've always won team events, which, to, again, to me, they won four out of five or something like that. Never had an individual win. Right.
1: And they're finishing two, three, five, seven, right. eight, and 11. Yeah. So uh,
0: Corey Gorgas uh, could be the first individual uh, champion for Saga On the girls' side, they have never won a state title in any sport at that school. And this could be their first one. So, And they're going to finish 2, three, four, six, yes. seven, 11. Exactly. Yeah. No individual winner there either. So, um, Probably there's a, not. There's a really good chance um, that they could win that state title. Both teams are going up against Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. They've been a Division 4 power the past couple of years. I think they've won three straight state titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how good they are. But Soccer um,
1: Tech beat them earlier, right, in the year? They
0: did. Uh, they did beat them earlier in the year. Um, the girls uh, did face a team that uh, Sacred Heart was missing, one of their top girls. So they know that's a challenge uh, that they got to face on Saturday. Um, it should be, they, they all know, they talked to me, this has been on their mind since last year. All off-season, all track season, all cross-country season, this has been their goal. And they have another four days to reach that goal. That's incredible.
1: Um, and we talked before about how, for those of you who don't know, at regionals, the top three teams. Uh, top... Uh, three teams advance. Two teams advance. Three? Three teams. Two teams. Three teams advance. Three teams advance. And then the top fifteen yeah. individuals advance. And just to put this into perspective for you guys,
0: um, you can score five um, runners, right? Uh, all five. You can run seven and five. Five of them. Five score, score. right? Um, if you are running as a team in the regionals and you have four in the top twenty, and your fifth is out, like twenty first, twenty second, whatever, and you're not in the top two teams, your team goes because you made four in the top twenty. Right. Uh, that didn't so, happen for any of our teams. Though. Right.
1: So but for to put this into perspective for you guys the Saugatuck girls their five scoring runners at regionals all finished in the top 15 so they all would have made the state finals
0: as an individual yeah, which is incredible. incredible yeah pretty crazy that's um, um, going to be a heck of a race for them i'm 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 looking forward to seeing how they run and uh, especially to see if if gorgas can be their first individual title winner and then the girls if they can be their, their first girls winner for sure um zealand west east boys and girls all made it to the state finals. First time. <laughs> First, First time, time all four in
1: all four Zealand schools. Yep. Teams. Um,
0: I believe the Ducks won the regional title mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm correct there. Yep. The boys um, did. Ducks boys won that, that regional title and I think the the Zeelandese girls snuck in, uh, or the, it was it the West girls that snuck in um, somehow in second place? They both were uh, second
1: and third. Yep. So they were second and third. Holland Christian girls won. Yeah, it's that's... And how the Holland Christian boys got second. They did, yep. Ahead of East, too. On all three, all of those six of those OK Green teams going.
0: Yep, and then the Black River boys also qualified in Division Three,
1: And the West Ottawa girls. Uh, West Ottawa girls qualified. Um, so that's nine teams plus some more individuals on
0: top. Um, and, uh, Sam Martins of Holland won a regional title. Um, right. Also going Shane Aldvader. Um, Black River's Mia Phillips and Christina Fink. And then Hamilton's Javi Carroll are going as individuals in right. this area. And so... We had Gorgas won,
1: mm, Sam Sharnis uh, Sam from Sharnis. Black River, he yep. won, yep. Sam Martins from Holland won, and then Abby Olson from West Ottawa won yep. individually. Yep. This yep. is incredible. This is this is rivaling one of those golden years we had in swimming Certainly. Uh, around here, which is uh, saying something because we all know what kind of swim talent we've had here over the years. Um, it's very cool to have that balance now with running and swimming in this area. Yeah, it's, uh, And it's, there might be a big
0: story in the future about trying to, put that into perspective certainly yeah i i want to do some research and see where uh teams have lined up in the past in terms of how many teams have gone to the state finals from this has got to be the most and i'm I'm guessing it's probably the most um basing off the article i wrote a couple years ago where it was seven i believe it was seven Um, so this is going to be an exciting finish for all the teams on saturday it's it should be uh some competitive races and then everyone's ready to run their best time of the year and it might be a little bit of a sloppy course with the rain uh in the forecast this week but Everyone has the same course. You just got to run past it. And uh, considering when there's a lot of sand dudes around here, I know a lot of teams practice uh, in some tough, tough mud, some tough sand. So it could be used to their advantage uh, on Saturday at uh, Michigan International Speedway. Should be
1: fun. Should be fun. Chris will be there for all the dynamic coverage of be a all the running. Day. It's going to be awesome. Who knows what could happen? And I love that about this. And that the playing field is leveled. It's all at the speedway. So you're running on the NASCAR track. This is not. So there's no terrain issues based on different regions and where were you and everything like that. It's all level. Yeah. So
0: and part you run partial on the track. I mean, it's mostly around the the grounds, but just everyone knows if they've ever been mis. You don't actually run on the circle, which right.
1: would be cool, right? You just end there, right? <laughs> but you end
0: in the middle where the NASCAR um, championship. You know where they're doing the the wheelie and or not the wheelie, but you know the the circle, the, right. the, the donut. I should Winter say. circle, yeah. <laughs> I don't watch NASCAR very often, as you can t- <laughs> as you can tell. But it finishes right there, and Some it's pretty good sort of baked goods good that they make yes. down there. Yeah. I like those baked goods. Uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll they'll run around the entire complex pretty much on the outside, and uh, they'll finish right in the middle, and it's a pretty iconic finish with the stands in the background. Very and, cool. Uh, should be fun. Very cool. All right, and
1: now what you've all been waiting for. Well, you suffered with us if you don't care enough about those other sports, but it's good to hear. You guys needed to hear that. Lots of cool things happening. we got four teams and three games left. Um, Holland Christian hosts... Grand Rapids South Christian, yep. which is kind of a rivalry, kind yeah, of fun. Certainly with Chris Kuypers there. And you've got – that's where he came from. Mm-hmm. You've got Sagatuk at Paloma, Westphalia, which is a rematch of the state finals. And that's not even the biggest game of the week because you've got the Zeeland East-Zeeland West-Bird Bowl rematch. Uh, this is insane. Um, Chris. Where are you going to start? We're going to start with Holland Christian. All right. Start Holland Christian. Very cool. Chris Kuyper's facing his old team. Holland Christian's offense has been out of sight. Uh, I'm pretty sure Wilson weyerbaugh has got like 40-some touchdowns combined, running and throwing. Um, they've been playing great. Their defense has stepped up. Um, I'm taking the lead on the picks here. You're going to follow this time, this Absolutely. week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think at home, Holland Christian – Gets it done. I mean, I think this is huge for them. This is a huge step for them. They've kind of played this, you know, we're not sure who we are. Maybe not, not sure who we are, but not how sure, sure how good we are, I should say. Um, the last couple years and this year, they've figured it out and they believed and they got there. They've kind of played the second and third fiddle to the Zealand schools in the OK Green lately. Even Byron Center has been better. Holland was better last year um they're putting it together and they're putting together a system that's going to keep them good for a while now um which is exciting uh you know i may may have picked a little bit different if they're on the road but probably not um i think they're a better team and i think that they have enough weapons that they they can make even if they're behind late they can make the big play to get it done so i say they get it done
0: yeah I'm, I'm in agreement in that they'll win with you i think it's a different kind of a game for them um last year they were up 17 last year last week i, th- I think they were up pretty two weeks ago i should say they were up pretty big 17 nothing on spring lake and then they gave up 17 straight points and then won late in the fourth quarter um last week against otsego that was certainly not an not issue. an issue they yeah. wanted to blow up 53 13 i mean that was a dominant win for holland christian so they know in back-to-back weeks they can win big and they can win close. Um, where they're going to have an issue with his defense. Uh, South Christian's offense is pretty darn good, um, but not as good as, at it as Holland Christian's. Um, their defense, though, is, is quite good, and Holland Christian's going to have a tough time with that with that defense. Um, 329 points scored for Holland Christian, and then uh, South Christian has only about 160 points uh, so far this season. What's going to give? Which one's yeah exactly? Which one's going to give? I'm um, I'm going with Holland Christian in this because I think they've got enough weapons on that offense, uh, led by Wilson, Wirebaugh, you got Brady Howe, Will Van and Ben Slink, all those guys up there that they're just really good, um, that know how to get it done at this point through the season, and then they've been there uh, for a couple of years now. So I'm taking the Maroons. I think it'll be a close game, um, but I think it's going to be uh, the offense wins out for Holland Christian. In this yeah, I'd
1: say they win by maybe ten. Yeah, something like yep, that. Yeah, something like that. Um, all right, and we got. Saga at Powamo Westphalia, and for all of you who have missed my podcast in the past, I it's always bums me out that it's Powamo instead of Poamo because I th- they feel like it. You know, it would be a fun to have the headline Poamo like the old Batman show where it said Pow Zowie Poamo. Yes, that would. But be it does not. It's quite Puamo. clever. Uh, it still could be fun, but it's still oh, yeah. Poamo Westphalia. Yes, bummer. It is bummer for me personally. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. Poamo. Um, they met in the state finals last year with Powamo's, fairly winning their second straight state championship. They've met for the past five years in the postseason. Yes, this will be their fifth in the past season. And Powamo's won every yep. stinking one. I really thought two years ago, Saugertuck was going to win the year of Blake Dunn's senior year. I really thought Saugertuck was going to win that game. It was really close. Um, I, And Brad Dunn is great. And their offense has been very dynamic. Their defense has played well. I just don't see them winning at Paloma-Westphalia this year with them coming off two straight state titles and still having so many weapons back from those state title teams. Um, it's not a knock on soccer talk whatsoever. Uh, this match should be further down the line like it was last year. And yep. this has been the problem before. They They could have met in the state finals. maybe two or three of those times but they ended up playing in the second round every single time and here we are again doing the same thing uh, which is a bummer Um, and I think again it's going to be a bummer for Tuck. I mean even they've had a great year um, but I I, I think I think Puamo-Westphalia is going to be marching their way to the final
0: again I'm with you since I run Ionia sports section as well we cover Puamo-Westphalia I know how good they've been because I've covered them in uh, the past couple of years this might be one of their best teams they've had, and they've already won two state titles and been to a third championship game where they lost in a in the second right. half. Yeah. So they they could have had three state titles. They could have been going for their fourth one this year if they hadn't lost that first one. Um, Palmas Filio's offense is is just incredible to watch, and it all starts on the offensive line for them. Their their guys on the line. I mean, don't you know this is crazy? But their school is in the middle of a field, and there's three cornfields and a cow farm right next to it of course they are they are legitimate farmers they, they are beefy guys these, these high school kids they have muscle they are strong and they're going to beat you on the line um and that's where their great run game comes in they, they can run over you again and again and again and if they don't want to run over you they're going to go to the air because they've got a quarterback and they've got some wide receivers that can do that um Sogatuck has shown that they've been really good this year with with brad dunn and they uh they won a kind of a blowout, uh, not blowout, but an offensive firepower game last week, 49-28 against Kent City on the road. Um, impressive win uh, against another 8-1 team. But this is the end of the line for Sagatuck. Um Palma, Sevilla, they, they beat a really good um, Williamson team uh, a couple weeks ago, ranked high in Division 4. They won 28-27 in, in overtime. They also beat uh, Division 6 power in Ithaca in a shutout in Week 1. This might be one of the best teams in the state, uh, and it probably is. So Palmasilla for me is they're they're going to win this game um, pretty handily and march their way. I'm I'm saying this I've been saying this all season, they're going to march their way to another state title this year.
1: All right, and that brings us to the Bird Bowl. Zealand East used a big second half swing to beat Zealand West in the regular season matchup in Week Eight. They have met three times. They've had a rematch. In the playoffs, all three times during the regular season, the Chicks have won. And all three times in the playoffs, the Ducks have won with revenge. Yep. Not really sure how they keep doing that. They did it last year. Um, this year, it's a little bit different, but it's a little bit the same. Yep. I mean, the Chicks won the is. conference. You know, their game was the conference. They got another week to prepare. Um, Zealandese won pretty easily. In their playoff game, Zealand West had to work a little bit and uh, Coach John Chilito said that's going to help them a lot for this week. It seems like every time this happens, the Ducks figure something out on defense and make it happen. However, I think this is the year the Chicks finally do it. I know Fusco got banged up last week. I fully expect him to play. And... I think that this is, there's got to be that moment where the chicks get that monkey off their back or that duck off their back in the playoffs. There's got to be a team to do it. And a, to me, a team with Taylor, Fusco, Bonama, 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 it seems like there's a million of them, and Berghorst. I mean, not to mention all the other great players they've got that's the team it's got to be a team like that yeah that's mentally tough enough to do it and physically tough enough to win it win it physically and mentally and i think they get it done this year i think this is finally the year where that doesn't happen um where the 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 playoff payback doesn't happen i think it's going to be an epic game maybe one of the best games they've ever had um which is saying something because just about every game they've ever had is pretty awesome um but I think there's going to be some sort of key defensive stop, or some sort of special teams play, some sort of something that sparks the chicks, and you know they're going to get Taylor in open field. It's tough to bring down, and I know Bowman had a great game for the Ducks. It was so incredible to watch him go to town offensively. He's been a great linebacker for a long time, but that's the first time I saw him bulldoze his way over. As we, uh, as Shilato said. Um, that's going to be, that's going to be great. I don't think he's going to bulldoze over the Bonham brothers at linebacker coming up to stop him. Um, but I think there's a better chance that Taylor gets away from the Ducks defense enough, just enough for them to get the victory. That's my two cents.
0: I am going, uh... I don't know where I was a couple couple days ago, um, considering the Josh Fusco injury, and I, I watched it happen, and it was uh, kind of heartbreaking to watch. Considering he's been so good for them all year long, and it we don't I don't know if he'll play or not. He didn't look good walking off that field on Friday night, um, but I, I'm thinking if there's a way to play, he's going to find a way because he wants to be in this game. Everyone wants him in this game. Um, the Ducks want him in this game. They, you they don't want to play do. without him. Exactly. You want to play.
1: You want to beat the best. I mean,
0: exactly. For me, it was it was on Saturday. I didn't I didn't think the Chicks would win this game without Fusco. Um, after a couple of days of kind of marinating on that idea and looking back at some of the the games that both teams have had uh, this season, I'm going with the Chicks.
1: Wow, <laughs> I'm I am, the Chicks. I am shocked. I am shocked.
0: I, I really thought the Ducks might have the the advantage with Fusco out, but um, looking back, uh, the Chicks have been dominant all year long. And then looking back to Friday night's game without Fusco in the second half, they had other options outside of him. Gabe Taylor ran the ball. Boone Bonham had caught a pass. Alex and Ryan Stockdale caught passes and ran the ball. Colin Aronson caught a touchdown pass. They have so many other options outside of Fusco that they can fill in if he's gone or if he's not playing 100%.
1: Yeah, it's like you almost forget that they're there um, because Fusco and Taylor together are so dominant. Yeah, they're
0: so good. But they have all these other under-the-radar guys that can, that can really make you miss and if you don't have enough film on those guys your defense is going to be scrambling to figure out what they're going to do right and i'm sure john chilodeau and the ducks defense are trying to figure out every which way possible to f- stop anyone on that offense i'm
1: also sure they're loving that we're both picking against them
0: absolutely i'm sure they are as well um but i think i think the chicks are just better they they proved it in their game against the west a couple weeks ago and they They've,
1: won it on the line too which they absolutely is we have which is big um that's how they turned the tide in that game
0: their defense has been much better than the Ducks defense this year. Um, I, I think their schedule is almost almost even. I think the Chicks have played a, a couple more better teams than the Ducks, although the Ducks did go down to Ohio and play a pretty good team. Right, and um, play ups, Christian. So it's to me, it's they're almost equal in terms of their their uh, strength of schedule. The Chicks maybe a slight slight advantage, but I think you just don't want to wear any Chicks apparel again. I'm with. <laughs> I would gladly wear Chicks apparel if I had uh, picked the Ducks and lost again. But I think the Chicks, uh, looking back, they they've got a better advantage over the Ducks in this game, with or without Fusco. All those offensive options I think are going to be too much, uh, led by Gabe Taylor and uh, and Berghorst. I think this is the year they get it done. I think, like you said, this is it.
1: It's going to be a great game. And any Ducks fans out there, if you if the Ducks do win, um, feel free to bring some Ducks apparel or some sort of hat with a duck on it or something for Someone Chris. Make a bet for me for Chris I'll, to wear. I'll take some bets um, on, Chris. Chris uh, had a little bit of a side wager with uh, some Zealand East fans the last game after picking the ducks and he had to wear an 80s Zealand East track suit to work. It oh, was man. It was pretty epic. Um, and then uh, we're we're happy to embarrass Chris by making him wear duck stuff. Certainly, Um, I will. And if it's absolutely necessary, I might just wear some duck stuff too if that happens. But we're definitely (laughs) going to make Chris embarrassed if that is how it goes. Especially because that will uh, seal his doom in the picks. I really thought he was going to pick opposite of me no matter what I picked just to see if he can gain some ground.
0: I'm three back of you, but Uh, you picked the same three. I did. You can't win. I can't win now. You can't this win now. That was it. it. That was your chance. Yeah. This is it. But I'm picking who I think will actually win. I don't want to not pick uh, who I think will, will win. I will also
1: just throw out there for Sogatuck fans if you're still listening – the last 10 times i've picked against soccer talk they've won so yep. maybe not 10 but i picked against them just about every playoff run and i kept that going it became kind of a thing you know what i mean like all yeah. oh, right you're you gonna prove me wrong again and they kept doing it all the they way did. to the finals they did. um but so it's mountain for them that's for sure yeah so this, this will be an interesting week uh very exciting to have these kind of matchups i mean any week other two. week holy cow uh chris kuyper's Holland Christian's coach facing his old team yeah. would be the centerpiece epic game any other week. Yep. It's so it's so exciting that that's happening, but it's number th- three. It's number three. You got a state finals match rematch, and you've got should, could be number one as well. Zeeland East West, which is always the number one matchup because it's crazy. Both teams are great. The whole town cares more than the whole town cares, and it's the you know we get the biggest crowd of any game we ever have and it's always that game so um but yeah go out and watch some volleyball if you can and um we'll look forward to reading all about how great the cross-country runners are around here and how Kirk cousins does against the lions next week and uh yeah we'll see if we're we got some you know duck bill hats or something that end up coming our way but uh yeah. It's going to be a fun slate of it's going to be a fun week and Chris and I will both be covering that bird bowl so fans can get in our faces about our picks and everything else right there. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. So another good week of sports. Take care everybody. Safe travels to all the sporting events this week and we'll be back next week. And uh, this is uh, Chris Zadarazny over here. In case you guys didn't know, we didn't really introduce ourselves at the beginning. We did and not. I'm sports not. editor Dan Diadana. <laughs> um, so for those of you not knowing who I was dogging the entire time, that's Chris Zatarazny. Um He he'll be here all week and uh, all week. <laughs> long. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you next week from um, in the press box.